0: On this week's episode, how much is left for Assassin's Creed? Will Holmes and Watson be a comedic Christmas surprise? And what in the is all this about a baby shark? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop
0: Culture Cosmos. And we're back for another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everybody out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the leading man when it comes to everything going on at Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on with Humanica Media at HumanicaMedia.com. Manic Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend and my cohort in crime when it comes to the pop culture cosmos. That is, it is Josh Peterson. Happy International Podcast Day, my friend. If I had some fireworks in my hands, they'd be going off. So glad you could be a part of it, my friend. How does it feel to be part of the big extravaganza known as the International Podcast Day?
2: awesome yes we are part of the extravaganza does this does this come with a certain honor on our part it comes with a whole hearty thank
0: you and a whole hearty we're glad that you're listening out there and that's what podcasting is truly all about and speaking of podcasting it's going to be a great show we have for you today we've got dutch from the voice from the underground that awesome show is available on spreaker iheartradio apple Podcasts, and so many other outlets he and i are going to be delving just a little bit on the upcoming major league baseball playoffs also as well we've got tyler baker for the Fantasy football pater podcast he is here with our special guest from inside sports chris lardieri they're going to talk about week four in the nfl and some certain trends injury updates and so much more when it comes to fantasy football and also later on Josh and I will be breaking down the trailer for the latest movie from the guys you know from Step Brothers and Talladega Nights and all those great comedies. Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly are back again. They're gonna be playing Holmes and Watson. We're gonna be talking about their latest trailer that debuted and if it can lead to some big bucks during the Christmas holiday season. But first, my friend, we're gonna be talking about the Assassin Creed series because this is a big week for video games. Not only do we have WWE 2K19 coming out, which is always a very popular property in the video game world. The latest Forza is coming out as well. Forza Horizon 4 is also coming out this week. That is another edition of that long-running Forza IP series. But the game, I think a lot of people are pointing towards, and we've seen a lot of ads already for it. I know through various internet social media youtube and also television spots as well is assassin's creed odyssey now assassin's creed odyssey takes place just ancient greece at this point in time that they're going through your thoughts on assassin's creed odyssey it is i believe the 10th or 11th type of iteration i'm gonna get the exact numbers on what number iteration this is in this series but your thoughts on the assassin's creed series as a whole leading into odyssey that's coming out this week
2: well i like the new take they're taking on the series with introducing more role-playing aspects to it and i like the way that you can pick what gender you want to be and still have a, a whole dynamic story so it's not just like a you know how in mass effect you got to pick male or female shepherd like they have all the cutscenes catered to the whatever character you choose so i think that's a really cool aspect of the game but i like how you know, they have the dialogue wheels. You're still able to level up. It's an Assassin's Creed game, but it has the feel of an RPG. So you're not just... It's not just formulaic like the, all the other entries before this one where even, like, they started introducing this stuff in Origins. And so that that played really well with people. I remember reading the reviews, and I know a lot. it still still holds up well with people. Some people are still playing it. So that's how I know that these are things that people are enjoying. But, you know, as for the series, we we talk about this a lot probably more than any other game you know we we go into detail about like the story so for me the story is the big thing i've been playing assassin's creed since the first one came out What back in 2000
0: 2007 it came out during one of the greatest periods in history for the video game marketplace i believe it is the greatest year overall in video games so many different releases and assassin's creed is one of the games that came out that created a legacy from that year in 2007.
2: well yeah because i remember when that came out like it came out on the same span of like gears of war the new forza call of duty i remember
0: mass effect uncharted so many other series came out as well call of duty 4 modern
2: warfare and so much more right and i remember because i worked at best buy and i was trying to decide what i wanted to play and decisions decisions man but i did pick up assassin's creed it it was hard for me at first like i i remember playing it the first couple of weeks and it wasn't what i thought it was going to be you know the whole with the whole modern element so i put it down and i didn't end up coming back to it for another like three months and then i started getting into it but what i want from it i want it to have a story that goes somewhere they created this big story arc in modern times you know the um whatever their names are from the uh first civilization they got out into the world and they never showed what happened to them that was in black flag and we haven't heard or seen anything about them since so they created the story arc and it's not really going anywhere they're not giving us any more pieces we're just kind of left wondering because they want to keep creating new entries and it's not it it's cool yeah i love i like the games love playing them they look good the new ones look good i love the new elements being introduced but it's just it's not there's no end in sight, and for me, that just kind of makes it feel repetitive. Even while they're introducing new things, it just feels repetitive to me. Like, it, there's no point in, in playing it, except for just saying, oh, hey, here's a new entry, and this is, what, this, this is how I'm going to stay relevant is by playing this game, or my review is going to be relevant. So I just want to see the story go somewhere. I don't, I don't think they've done a great job with that and storytelling is definitely important to me when it comes to gaming as we've discussed you know in single player games so i love to play those but what do you think of it
0: well that's the thing the overarching story that's supposed to be leading in and connecting all of the different Assassin's creeds together because this is the 12th the 12th i believe iteration of this franchise and i it just it's become so convoluted and we talked about this last week when we were talking about the x-men about how there's so many different stories that are there within the series and they don't seem to interconnect well with each other they do it very loosely they don't do a very great job of it i think that same problem lies also as well in the assassin's creed series and it's lost me because of it because there's no continuity i know there's supposed to be a story in and of itself when it comes to within that certain time period But there's that overarching structural narrative that they're supposed to have that's supposed to interconnect every single Assassin's Creed with each other. And unfortunately, it has not been done very well. And to me, that was the part that was gonna try and draw me in and keep me invested in it. And it kind of lost me early on because of that. And that I think is gonna be going for a lot of other players as well. This leads me into another question I have for you. They seem to have been, all along the history of the Assassin's Creed series, jumping oh back and forth from time frame to time frame, and in order to tell an overarching narrative, which, again, like I said, has not been done very well to this point. Your thoughts on the jumping back and forth into different time frames, would it have served them better to start from the beginning, from a older time period, than work their way into a different direction or maybe reverse order, but something more continuous, something more organized, something more in order that maybe people could easily follow better than what's going right now in the overarching narrative of the Assassin's Creed series. Because I think it hurts the whole series as a whole. And I think it loses players that wanted to go ahead and stick with it for a long time, such as yourself.
2: So, are we talking about like um, general-
0: instead of instead of going from you know hopping over to from the from the pirate era back over to Greece back uh-huh. over to you know they, they seem to be skipping and going through various time frames, whatever suits their narrative best. And they seem to be throwing dars, okay, let's go and try this time zone now, this time period, and then let's go try this time period instead of going something a little bit more structurally based. To me, it just seems like it, it helps accentuate the confusion many have in the overall story arc of the narrative that
2: is the assassin's creed series right i don't know do like because some of their games like haven't been fascinating enough to create a whole arc of games or i know like the Ezio auditory stories people are interested in those and i like how they tied those into what happened to altair how he died and all that stuff what happened post assassin's creed one that was really cool. Like that was its its own, like not combined, but like compact story and compact game. And then they try to do the same thing with the Kinways. You know, they had the uh they had Connor in Assassin's Creed 3, then they had Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which was Connor's grandpa, and then they had um another game, I think, that featured the dad. But yeah, there's there's just there's not they kind of make these characters and they make their stories feel so open ended and you don't really feel attached to them. Even even in origins, like that was supposed to be a a big step forward and they're like these are like how the characters are going to be going forward and well the i did was Bayek of siwa i think his name was i did enjoy it i did like it they immersed me into the character and then he didn't really do anything they didn't close his story they didn't really tell me much more about him besides you know his son dying and stuff like that and i i want a rounded story yeah I, i i agree man like if they did not jump all over the place Or if in the games where they jump to another time period, if there's mention of what happened to the character, to like Bayek, if they had mentioned what happened to him in Odyssey, see, that would be cool. I'd be completely okay with that. But they really just, they have all these open-ended things. Because it's like they, with how Call of Duty has all these different franchises going at once, because they want to be able to maybe go back to the world of Ghost or uh, Advanced Warfare, whatever it is. I feel like Assassin's Creed tries to do that, but they don't really do it well. And then there's also the gameplay mechanics from what we
0: saw in the first one that initially entranced audiences to number two, Assassin's Creed II, which many still think is the best in the series, evolving into what we've seen today. Then again, there's been issues with the game engine. One of the games in the series was really just set back because of the continual technical issues. I believe that was Unity, if I'm not mistaken, or was that Syndicate that was really having issues As far as from a technical standpoint, with the faces and that were not even developed and that were missing and whatnot, I know they had some real issues with that before they were. Oh, that was Unity. That was that was Unity. That was really having those issues. Your thoughts on the game mechanics and the look of the game over the years? We know it has improved for the most part outside of the debacle with Unity, but. Has it improved enough to keep players invested into going ahead and repeating those same things over and over, like you said? Because to me, it also seems like it's gotten a little bit redundant now that it's in its 12th iteration in, what, let's say a little bit over 10 years of time.
2: Okay, so this is a weird time you brought this up because I had just got done reading an article in the latest Game Informer where they are talking to um, the not even as guillemont but the marketing guy over at ubisoft and he was saying that you know he did address some of that stuff he's like you know we try to make the graphics better but in order to make the graphics better we have to take away from something else you know we have to you want more people on the map like like in unity we have to take away from something else so it's the size of the game and the scope of the work i think that really determines what a game looks like how it's going to look and with these you know these these bigger open world games like origins there's less people crowded into one area so you're not really losing frames per second or game quality from stuff like that and that's why unity had so many issues is because they had a lot of things on the map but the game couldn't process it so it's it's trial and error with stuff like that but I I think that they did you origins looks looks beautiful like origins looks beautiful Odyssey from what I've seen the gameplay looks really good it's trial and error it's risk you know you're you are taking a risk by trying different things i know ubisoft is always researching things and they're hoping they they said that they want to try to get ahead of the trend uh, the whatever the next trend after battle royale is they want to get ahead of it so who knows like maybe five six years from now assassin's creed will introduce something that nobody else has done and it could work well in their favor but i think as long as they're aware of the technological problem issues with the game that there's hope that they can be improved upon. And final question, when it
0: comes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it is coming out this week. Like I said, to store shelves, gonna be on all the major platforms, PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Uh, Not on Switch yet, but I'm sure that day is coming. Your thoughts on the actual game itself. I know you're gonna be playing it at some point in time. What are you looking forward to when it comes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey And what do you think needs to be improved or needs to be focused on when it comes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey in order to try and reinvigorate the series? Because we've already heard that the Assassin's Creed series is not getting a new iteration next year, and they're just going to focus on content for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So in order to be a big hit, that's going to have some legs over the course of 2018 and 2019, what does Assassin's Creed Odyssey have to do for you to really hit home as far as
2: a game that's going to be worth your while for some time to come? It's going to have to have a story that starts and stops because I think if we know that the story's going to end, it's going to make all the decisions in the game feel like the consequences are that much bigger. You know, That's what I would like to have. They're going to keep making content over the course of 2019 for this game. I want to know the game's going to have a starting point and a stopping point, but I don't want them to go cheap on the stories because they they just want to get it done. I want it, the game to to feel like a novel. I want it to feel like I'm diving into something and I'm living through this character and I can fully immerse myself in the character without thinking, okay, there's not really going to be a payoff here. So that's what I want. I would also love to see a co-op introduced into Assassin's Creed. So that would be cool if your buddies could... Jump in not necessarily a multiplayer because that didn't work so well in Unity. But I would love if like your friend could come in the game and play with you, maybe as like the the female version of the character or just like an anonymous assassin or whatever. That would be cool because I know Final Fantasy fifteen did that with comrades and that people seem to like that. That's what I would like to see. I don't really have a big shopping list there. I would like to go maybe go back to modern times a little bit, but other than that, I'm not too picky on what's coming up. Though, what what, what would you like to see? Well,
0: I like the idea of a co-op venture and then going after specific targets, something maybe more in the realm of what the Hitman series has done as far as contracts and things of that nature, making it a little bit more tantalizing for duos to go together and be able to try and scope out the target, not only working in unison, but maybe also competitively as well. And you get the target, you get the bonus, things of that nature, and that might help you as far as other aspects of the game maybe for other things that you wanna go ahead and do it different outfits, et cetera, et cetera, that we've seen in so many other games now, but just do something that's gonna have a compelling story and a compelling narrative that was confined within its own game, but trying to go ahead and repair the damage that's been done to the overarching narrative and to see if we can actually get something that a lot of people will be invested in as far as tuning into another Assassin's Creed series when it hits maybe 2020. We'll have to wait and see. Cause like I said, Ubisoft has been a little bit tight-lipped but for now it looks like there's gonna be an Assassin's Creed in 2020 and nothing outside of DLC just for this game that's coming out in 2019. So hopefully, like I said, it will be a compelling enough narrative that people will wanna follow it that people will want to stay with it and go ahead and execute those assassinations and be able to go ahead and, once again, dive from the top of the buildings into those hay bales one more time. What are your thoughts out there on Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Is it something you're lining up to play? Is it something that actually you're tired of as a whole when it comes to the Assassin's Creed series and no longer even touch? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Before we head to the break, my friend, and Jason Dutch from the Voice from the Underground to talk a little bit about the MLB playoffs, can you quickly also update me your thoughts on the Forza Horizon series with Forza Horizon 4 coming out this week as well? Like I said, it's gonna be a great gaming week out there because not only, WWE 2K19, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Forza Horizon 4, Mega Man 11, and so much more is also coming out. So check your local listings all over. We'll we'll try to provide some more info and detail on the pop culture cosmos, and also game source pages as well about things that are coming out this week to video game store shelves. So take a look at that as well. Your thoughts on the Forza Horizon series with Forza Horizon 4. Is it something you're excited over or now, so many iterations in into the Forza series is Forza maybe getting a little bit stale, or is it still good enough as a series to keep it going? Because the same issues that we see with Assassin's Creed also seem to pop up when it comes to the Forza series, whether it's Forza
2: Motorsports or Forza Horizon. I'm excited to play it. I like Forza in the fact that it's kind of mindless. I don't really have to think about. It. I can just kind of sit on my couch and press the gas button and explore forza horizon is fun in the fact that it's not linear you know they don't push you from point a to point b you can kind of explore a little more it's not just doesn't just revolve around a series of races don't get me wrong i love the forza series but i do love what they've done with forza horizon because it does have that open world I don't know like I guess as far as you can go as a role playing game for a car like I love that feeling I love how you're a character and you interact with other characters and you still get to drive and go to all these places and see all the cool scenery. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I have games pass, so I'm, as soon as it drops on um, Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going to pick it up and start playing
0: and i know a lot of other people will as well it'll spike the the numbers a little bit unnaturally for the game but i know a lot of people are looking forward to it it's already gotten some good press already so look forward if you are a racing fan it's even though there's several iterations in in the forza series it looks like there's a lot of life left for forza especially when it comes to forza horizon 4. so coming up next like i said we've got dutch from the voice from the underground He's going to preview the Major League Baseball playoffs with both his and my picks on who we think are going to go to the World Series and ultimately win the battle in October. Then we got after that, Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast and also Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. We're going to recap week four in the NFL with our thoughts for fantasy football owners out there as well. And then after that, Josh and I will be back to talk some more about Holmes and Watson, Bowsett and also a baby shark as well. This is the pop culture cosmos. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to miraclefruitoil.com and use the promo code Media10 to get ten dollars off your Vita Brace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run, or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at miraclefruitoil.com. That's miraclefruitoil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. And we're back with the program. It's Gerald coming back right at you here. Well, the playoffs for Major League Baseball are just right around the corner here. The division races and the season has pretty much been decided. Everything is as far as the 162,000 games that they actually play. Okay, it's just 162, but it just seems like it (laughs) takes forever. That has been wrapped up. Everything is now pointing towards what everybody really wants to look at, and that is the October season when fall comes around and playoffs are about to begin. And who better to talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs than my good friend, he is one of the awesome hosts from The Voice from the Underground. And I'm sorry, I won't do it like the promo does. I don't, I can't do that <laughs> but He is one of the hosts of The Voice from the Underground. You got to listen to their awesome podcast every single week on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and a million gazillion different outlets like ours. It is my good friend. It is Dutch. How are you? Hey,
3: Gerald. How you doing, my friend? Thanks uh, for having me on though i will you said who better to talk to i mean there is any number of better people to talk to than me but i do appreciate the sentiment
0: well if this was 20 years ago there'd be a lot of people lining up to talk baseball but now that baseball is kind of passe with a lot of the young crowd then us old guys we've got to talk about it right now so
3: yes we do yes we do and it's that time of year you know it's this is what we wait for all year and you pretty much hit it right on the head but let's take a look at at the american league here so Boston's got that number one seed locked up. They're going to have home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs. And of course, in the World Series as well because of the, the All-Star game, uh, the American League winning for the 273rd straight consecutive year. The Houston Astros right now are the two seed and they've got that locked up as well. Cleveland is going to be traveling to Houston. Now, let's take a quick look here. Mookie Betts has just been disturbing all year round. He's, he's proven himself to be one of the top Baseball players, the top offensive and defensive baseball players that there is. He's just a gem. He's a fantastic player. They've got a good pitching staff. They've got Chris Sale coming back. Bullpen's decent. It's not the greatest. Kimberl at the back end of that bullpen is just lights out. So Boston's going to be dangerous. But if the A's can get past the Yankees, I mean, this team has just come out of nowhere, right? They're almost like the Cubs were in 2015. When the Cubs weren't really expected to be good, they brought Bryant up month end of the season. The A's have just been unbelievable. And I, I got it. You can't do anything except give credit to the Oakland A's organization and those players. Don't be shocked if the A's take down the Red Sox because the Red Sox have not been very good in the playoffs the last few years, really since 2013 when they won the World Series. They haven't been back to the ALCS yet, and they've been in the playoffs all but one year. So not the greatest performance for the Red Sox. Houston and Cleveland, Houston probably has the edge there with depth with the pitching staff, but I'd like to know where you're at with that one because I do not see any way that you can call that series. It's just that's going to be dead even.
0: It is going to be very close in my opinion as well, although when it comes down to it, I think I'm probably going to lean to Houston just because, like you said, I think you mentioned it very distinctly that they do have the edge in pitching depth. And I think in a extended series with the Cleveland Indians, I think what it comes down to is them going ahead and throwing out more quality pitching than Cleveland can go ahead and do. I think in the long run, that's going to be able to do it for them. Although they are not as strong as last year when they won the World Series,
3: in my opinion, as well. The American League has just got five Horses in this race, and any one of those five teams, especially with the Yankees. And you know, if DD's coming back like they say he is, and Judge is just getting back, if him and Stanton can keep from striking out every other at bat, the Yankees can make some noise too. Any single one of these teams could win it. Right now, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say that it's gonna be the A's beating the Red Sox, beating the Yankees, going to the American League Championship Series and facing, and I am going to stick with Houston on this one. I really want to go with Cleveland again. It's really, really tight, but I think the Astros are headed to a second straight World Series here.
0: I still, at this point, have got to lean on my pick that I spoke to you about at the beginning of the season. I got to still run with them. I got to run with them probably all the way to the ground, but for now, I think I'm still going to go with the Bo Sox just because of the fact that I think that they have enough of a surprise offense, which you and I were just both surprised by. I, I thought they would be very good. I did not think that they would be 110 games. Good. And nobody I think thought the same thing. No, no, no. But they've found a lot of offense that they didn't think that they had. They found enough good pitching to be able to get them out of some tight spots. So I think that's going to persevere and pay off as far as, for the American League and I think in the long run I think I'm going to go I have to go ahead as far as my pick coming out of the AL I think I'm going to go with the Bo Sox and stick with them because you know what I put my money where my mouth was on your show way back when and said I thought it was going to be Boston so I think I'm going to go ahead and still stick with them even though it's not quite and to your as credit
3: you said that before they signed JD Martinez because yeah. remember we had that crazy offseason where nobody signed any free agents until like Two seconds before the season started, and boy, has JD been worth the money or what?
0: He has, and then some. And I just thought the Bo Sox was actually going to be something where they would win the division, but they wouldn't do it in such a strong and dominating fashion that they would probably just be able to eke out. Maybe be a team that might not be able to carry their way through, maybe even through one playoff series. I think now that there is a shot with that high-powered offense to get them and carry them through to the World Series, at least from the American League standpoint.
4: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials?
0: Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, Act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D, and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. This comes, I guess, to the National League. Could be the Cubbies, the Dodgers, the Brewers. They're very happy to be as far as in the mix And even the Atlanta Braves, my gosh, we're now seeing them once again after so many years away from the playoff chase. It's nice to see them back. And wouldn't you know, we finally have, after so many years, the Colorado Rockies found enough pitching to get them over (laughs) the top and get themselves in there. Anything can go on at home for Colorado because that is just going to be a lot of fun to watch. So your thoughts on the National League and as far as not only just the surprising Rockies, the Braves and whatnot, but just the overall outlook on who you think might go all the way in
3: the National League. Okay, so this one's a little bit tougher. So as far as the NL West goes, it's amazing that the Rockies now are just destroying people at the end of the year. You mentioned their pitching. I mean, Marquez and Freeland have been... Really, really good. Anderson's been pretty good as well. He's a little bit more up and down, but you know they've got Wade Davis as the anchor there, closing things off in the ninth inning for that team. They're a little bit shaky at home as far as their pitching goes. And that's weird to say, because most teams are better at home, but the Rockies are about the same both ways because their pitching is just so much better when they are on the road. So we'll have to see how that goes into effect the Dodgers have been really good the second half of the year you remember how terrible they were in the first half and they got Manny Machado you know things have been looking a little bit better since they've done that you know they have some good arms they have Ross Stripling who up until recently the last two weeks has been very good Bueller's been very good Kershaw is still not Kershaw but he's he's still Kershaw if that makes any sense Rich Hill's been decent and with that offense you know Justin Turner and Puig and Machado and Bellinger, the Dodgers are going to be a very dangerous team. And because of that, I kind of have to go with the Dodgers in that particular series. Although I don't believe that having uh, spent Kershaw in that wild card game, that they're going to be able to take their first round opponent on. I think that whether it's the Cubs or the Brewers, whoever they end up playing that first round, I think both of those teams will be able to handle Los Angeles Dodgers. And Manny Machado will, will move on to be a free agent. That's my call there. As far as the other two teams go, the Braves have just been awesome. The Braves won this division over the team that both you and I both picked the Nationals. I can't still, for the life of me, figure out how that team didn't win.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's some pieces that you thought would have been, I I guess, would have made the team really special and just for some reason it just didn't click. I think a lot of heads are going to roll. They did have more talent, I think, man-to-man at the beginning of the season, I thought, than any other team in that division. And unfortunately, it didn't come out to be the case.
3: The Braves, more power to them. Good lineup. Freddie Freeman, one of the best players in baseball, very much overlooked. He's almost the modern-day Frank Thomas. People overlook Freddie Freeman all the time. Acuna is the real deal. It took him a little while to get hot, but as soon as I dropped him in fantasy which was around June, then he decided, okay, Jason doesn't have me anymore, so I'm going to start playing fantastic baseball. The pitching staff is good. Tehran is finally looking like the pitcher that they had expected him to be with when he was their top prospect some seven years ago. The bullpen is is solid. This is another tough matchup. The Rockies and the Braves is going to be a fun series, just like the Indians and the Astros, but I think the Rockies are going to be able to handle the Braves. I think that either the Cubs or the Brewers are going to be able to handle the Dodgers, which puts us with a very interesting scenario for the NLCS. I'm going to hope it's the Cubs, but I do believe that either one of those teams would be able to defeat the Colorado Rockies because the Rockies, as good as they are, number one, they're going to have to get cold at some point in time. But number two, they're very, very streaky. Charlie Blackman is one of the streakiest hitters in Major League Baseball. Nolan Arenado is not. He's a stud every single day. But Blackman is streaky. Trevor Story is streaky. That pitching staff is very, very streaky. And I think that eventually, sometime in the next week or two, the Rockies are going to hit that cold streak, and it's going to end up with them being knocked out of the playoffs. So as far as the World Series goes now, That puts us in a situation where you've got either the Cubs or the Brewers, and I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm just going to say the Cubs. The Cubs versus the Houston Astros in my book. Now, I say this very tongue-in-cheek, and I know I've talked a lot, and I apologize for that, but the Cubs are not a good baseball team. Okay, Now, why, Jason, are you putting them into the World Series if they're not a good baseball team? And I'm telling you right now, this Cubs team is not that good. They're playing better than they are. But the way that the playoffs are going to end up arranging themselves with playing the Dodgers, who have been very, very iffy themselves, and playing the Rockies, who, again, are a very, very streaky team, I think that the door is open there for the Cubs or the Brewers, again, to take that series. Because the Cubs' offense, while they're streaky as well— And this might sound strange, but they have had their rough point, right? They just came out of a really, really rough point. So now they're due to play probably another three to four weeks of really, really solid baseball. There's no way the Cubs are winning the World Series this year. That's not going to happen. The Astros in my book are going to repeat, assuming, of course, they can beat Cleveland. The Astros, I think, are a pretty good lock to repeat. But here, you know what, Gerald? The best part about this is, is that any one of these teams from the A's to the Rockies, to the Dodgers, every single one of these teams, you can make a super strong argument that they could win it all. And you can make a super strong argument that every single one of these teams could lose in the first round. That is not the case every, usually. Usually you look at it and you say, it's theirs. Like in 2016, we looked we said, this is the Cubs to win or lose. Last year we looked at it and we said, this is the Dodgers to win or lose, right? And they lost it. We don't have that this year.
0: No, we don't. And... I am still going to be leaning towards the picks I made at the beginning of the year. I'm going to keep on riding it, although I agree with you on Chicago as well. They are not as strong as I thought they would be. I thought they would be a little bit more ready for the postseason, a little bit more stacked in their lineup from one to nine. I thought they would have a little bit better depth.
3: Chris Bryant has regressed terribly.
0: Exactly. That's that's where I would start and start pointing the finger at. But there's also some other issues as well when it comes to the pitching, and also in the outfield as well. I have some issues there. But be that as it may, I still think they have enough horses if they can get by the Rockies. I'm not too enthused with the Braves, the Dodgers. I think just don't have it at to my extent. I just don't think that unless Kershaw finally breaks through with a playoff series after another after another that people have been hoping for from him for a long time if he comes through then you know it changes the entire complexion of the playoffs as a whole but i don't think that's going to happen i don't see it happening so right now i'm putting most of my money on the chicago cubs to come out of the national league although if anybody is going to challenge them i would probably say it's going to be the rockies because if you play them in colorado They are really tough to beat.
3: But again, this is going to be a lot of fun. And and we'll have to talk, I guess, on one of our shows, maybe midway or just after this is all done, because this has been one of the more fun Major League Baseball seasons that we've had. There's been so many teams that have played good baseball this year. It's been a fun season. One of the more fun seasons that I've, just from a pure baseball fan perspective, than I've seen in in many, many years. And I think next year we're going to have a good one too. Before we leave, you got to tell everybody out there
0: about your awesome show with your awesome co-hosts and let you talk a little bit more about them. It is a voice from the underground because it covers the realm of pop culture, covers sports and also politics a lot. But then again, Jason, there's not really much to talk about because there's not really much going on when it comes to politics at this point in time.
3: Yeah. Nothing, nothing going on in the world of politics whatsoever. Uh, oh. you know, no, no hearings, no fighting. Yeah. So voice from the underground. And we thank you, Gerald, for being such a fantastic friend of the show. You had TJ on talking video games the other day. You've been on our show a few times. You're, you're just the best. And we, and we love the pop culture cosmos, but if anybody's looking for a show with three idiots talking about politics and sports And pop culture, comic book movies, that sort of stuff. The the way that we structure our show is we try to talk about something important, and then we try to talk about something fun to sort of break the monotony a little bit. It's me, it's Big Haas, who is our political analyst, and it's TJ, who is our geek. And TJ is awesome with video games. He's awesome with pop culture. He's got a real hunger. He's basically like your clone when it comes to pop culture. So we try to talk about that stuff. And we have a very brave base of listeners because we talk a a lot of topics that are They're tough, you know, like race issues. My two co-hosts are both African-American. We talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about how politics inundates our lives. And then, of course, going and talking about the fun stuff. So we have a lot of fun, but we talk about some heavy stuff too. And if you're looking to listen to some topics and you're interested in politics, but also want to have a little bit of fun at the same time. There's a lot better shows than ours, but we are a show that you would probably like as well. So it's VFU Podcast is the name of our Twitter, at VFU Podcast. And then you can find us on pretty much every app, Spotify, Spreaker, you you name it, TuneIn Radio. Just search Voice from the Underground, even on Google, and you'll find us very quickly.
0: It is Voice from the Underground. I highly recommend it. They are very opinionated guys, but they also have a lot of great stuff that they're going on as far as what they talk about, the topics that they cover. And since it's going to be a little bit of a slowdown in politics coming up on your next couple of episodes, okay, I'm just being a little bit sarcastic (laughs) when I say that. You got to tune in for all their great opinions, all their great talk about everything, including the realm of politics, pop culture, sports, and so much more. It is The Voice from the Underground. Catch it today, like I said earlier, on Spreaker iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn and so many other various outlets. My friend, it's always great to have you on the show. Any last thoughts on the way out?
3: No, just thank you for having us on, Gerald, and you know, to the to your listeners, you guys are tuned into the right show because the Pop Culture Cosmos is in my mind the spot to find out about what's going on in pop culture, what's going on with video games, You get real family content here, not like us, where you get a lot of swearing. So do be prepared for that. But you guys are the best, and I I really love your show. And and best of luck to you, and congratulations on all of your success.
0: For wherever you listen to us, thank you. And wherever you listen to the voice from the underground, I know Jason, I know Haas, and I know TJ. They also
3: truly appreciate it as well. Yep. So So we'll have a little Le'Veon Bell talk this week on our show, too. So that'll be interesting.
0: Oh, that will be interesting indeed. So again, Jason, thank you so much for being part of the show. As always, going to have you back real soon. We'll talk more baseball or anything that you want to talk about because it's so glad to have you a part of the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with the show. Once again, this is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend. He is the guru. <laughs> you love how I say it off key like that. Of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, you got to catch it today on everywhere we're on, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and over 30 different podcast outlets, or on the Pop Culture Cosmos Show and the PCC Multiverse. It is my good friend. It is Mr. Tyler Baker. Happy International Podcast Day to you, my friend. Yeah, you too, buddy. It's good to be on. It's a pleasure. Well, it is a pleasure, but Tyler, I enjoy having you on so much that I decided to bring a guest in. Sweet. He is the co-host of Inside Sports. You got to catch it today. Him and Charles Smith do an amazing job of covering the sports world. It is regularly on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more outlets. It is a great man indeed who knows the inside when it comes to football. It is Chris
1: Lardieri.
0: How's it going, Chris?
1: It's going great. Thank you both for having me on and intruding on uh, what I find to be a very very entertaining wrap-up of the NFL week, as it were. So thanks again. My son, who is an NFL addict like myself, was excited to hear him going on yet another podcast. And especially one that specializes on fantasy football as i am brainwashing him on the game we love so much
0: <laughs> well it sounds like the brainwashing is going well and thank you so much we love be- you know actually I- i'll tell you what i'm actually thinking about renaming the fantasy football pater podcast behind tyler's baker's back you know what i'm going to name it yet Listen. another podcast i like that <laughs> but you gave me the- you gave me the inspiration i like that indeed But it is the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. We truly appreciate you listening to us. There's an obvious starting place as far as the week in the NFL, and it all starts off in Chicago. So I ask you, Mr. Tyler Baker, I'll start off with you, my friend, because we've touched on this before. Is the Fitzmagic over? And the legend of the Trubisky is about to begin. Well, the Fitz magic has turned into a Fitz pumpkin. Unfortunately, he was close to getting benched last week, and this week they went ahead and put in Jameis Winston. That's their guy. That's their franchise guy. But you're right; the real story in this game was Mitch Trubisky six no, touchdowns. No, 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 Mitchell. Mitchell. Oh, uh, I you're right, six you're touchdowns. Right. He deserves to be called Mitchell. <laughs> lest I offend. Mitchell Trubisky six touchdowns, led the team in rushing. And if there's a fantasy takeaway, it's that if you have anybody playing the Buccaneers defense, play them. I agree with you on that. It just looks very apparent that they have a very nice, soft and smooth defense that you can just glide right through like butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, a couple things I want to ask you here. First thing is, is with Ryan Fitzpatrick, is the benching of Fitzpatrick fair because I'm not going to say it's fair to me after the guy threw three straight 400 yard games the only individual ever to do so in the NFL by the way got pulled after the first half so quickly and number two do you think Mitchell Trubisky going forward the legend of Trubisky is going to continue and he's going to be a number one starting quarterback for fantasy football owners Going forward,
1: okay. First, uh, over to Fitz Magic, who I'd like to rename Fitz Mean Reversion uh, as it's looking <laughs> like right here now uh, uh, after four weeks. But regardless, look, it was a blowout at halftime. The Bears really got a, a, a big league, and at that point, Dirk Cutter's really got a hard situation on his hands, regardless mm-hmm. of what happens today. He's got the number one pick, the, the franchise quarterback on the bench and you know the media is circling not only in tampa but nationally over this story so at this point in a blowout cutter can essentially say and yeah i'm gonna put my dirt cutter hat on now and say well we need to give Jameis some reps he's been suspended and we don't want fitzpatrick to get hurt or at the same time he wants to see you know if, if the fitz magic has run out let's see what winston has if he has a crappy game which he really did not light anything up by any means today, then we could say, well, we're going back to Fitzpatrick. We gave Winston a shot. So it's a real dicey situation, but I wouldn't write anything off after a, a massive blowout. Number two, Trubisky. I don't think he's a second coming of Pat Mahomes. No one is, because Patrick Mahomes is the greatest fantasy football quarterback who ever lived, if you (laughs) listen to the experts after three weeks. Jared Goff's now a close second, by the way. But I do think he's not as bad as everyone thought he is. He's not as great as he performed this week against the Moribund Buccaneers defense, like you mentioned But that said, remains to be seen if he's an every week starter. I mean, myself, I think someone like an Andy Dalton will probably outscore him on a week to week basis, but worth stashing on your bench and potentially playing down the stretch if things continue to improve. And look, Nagy's done a great job in Chicago. It could have easily be 4-0 were it not for the miraculous comeback from Aaron Rodgers in week one.
0: Yeah. And with Trubisky, it really is going to be matchup based. You put him up against a good defense. He's not going to do the things that he did today. And in my opinion, at
4: least we haven't seen it yet.
0: I feel bad for you, Mitchell. You're still not getting the 100% love here at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, but there is hope. There is hope for Mitchell. It is Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports and also Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Guys, it's been a great pleasure having you both on Chris, you're always welcome to join us at any time on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. So great to have you guys here, a part of the show, right here on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. And of course, right
4: here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to make sure and thank, before we head off the air, Dutch from The Voice From The Underground, Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check out both those podcasts today. And of course, Tyler Baker as well from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. His podcasts in full are on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. If you need a listing of where our shows are being played at, either the Pop Culture Cosmos or PCC Multiverse, check out our site, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And you want to check that out because it has a listing of all of our different radio stations because we're played all over the world seven days a week and on over 30 different podcast networks. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so spread the word, my friend. I know you got a lot of stuff going down when it comes to Humanica Media.
2: Uh, Yeah, we're putting out a new topic Topicocalypse tomorrow, so you can check that out. So you can listen to that and check us out on the podcast radio network. If it's up and running this week, you can check us out on Tuesday night. That is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern,
0: 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. So Josh, three things we got to cover before we head on out, before your pain is over and another episode is in the can. I guess it's all over Reddit when it came to what's coming up for Nintendo and the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and all that. What's up with this Bowsette that's going on,
2: this hybrid between two famous characters that we know and love from the Mario series? I don't know, like, there's not really any backstory behind it besides that it was going to be introduced into the franchise at some point. So everyone's wondering, like, how did this happen? Was Is this the offspring of Bowser and Peach? Or what exactly was the thinking behind this? Is there going to be, like, an alternate reality where Bowser and Peach were together and then what was going on with mario during this time i don't know man i guess i like that they're d- messing around with new characters but I, I don't really know what the deal with this is some sort of
0: hybrid this is kind of different for nintendo and and it makes it a little bit different for everyone out there so we'll have to wait and see on bowsette when it comes to super smash brothers ultimate and this combination of two very much beloved characters in the mario universe By the way, have you got a chance to check out the latest trailer for Holmes and Watson? I was kind of thinking that the film might be pushed back to beyond 2019 and beyond because we had not seen a trailer as of yet for the movie. So I was kind of thinking that that's a bad sign for the movie in and of itself, but it did get debuted in the past few days. The latest movie from Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, the duo that everybody knows from Step Brothers, Talladega Nights and many other outings together. Your thoughts on it. Mine personally, as the story is set in London, they have to solve a mystery within four days before the queen gets murdered in Buckingham Palace. So your thoughts on it. Obviously they're up to their wild and zany things, coordinating some pratfalls and and jokes abound and whatnot. I didn't think it clicked with me as much as some previous efforts by the duo. So your thoughts on the Holmes and Watson trailer if it's something that might look entertaining to you, and do you think it might do well with audiences when it comes out right around the Christmas break?
2: I saw it, and it it looks like a typical Will Ferrell movie. I like the fact that it's a period piece, so that can make it interesting, kind of change the dynamic a little bit from our typical Will Ferrell, but I'll be honest, man, I'm not very interested in Will Ferrell. Like, John C. Riley's funny in some stuff, but Will Ferrell's the same person in every movie he plays in. I know a lot of people argue with me about that, but that's just how I feel. And I'm not really interested in that brand of comedy anymore. Like, I had some friends talking about Anchorman and how great it was. I'm like, I just can't watch it anymore. You know, it's, I'm not saying it's not funny. I just am not interested enough to take that up. But what's weird about this one is there are so many, it seems like Sherlock Holmes movies coming out. You know, we had the one with not just Robert Downey Jr., but Ian McKellen. I know there's another one after that that came out, and now this one. So it's it. Not to mention Sherlock,
0: that's every year on CBS, which has still actually been renewed for another season.
2: Right, right. So just it feels like too much to me, and I'm. It's not something I'm going to rush out to see in theaters. Maybe I'll check it out when it comes out on digital, but other than that, I'm not too interested in it because it kind of just looks like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell just having a good time in costumes. You know, it's not really doesn't really seem like it's going to have a story that compels me to sit there and watch it. How do you feel about it, though?
0: To me, it does not actually look like one of their better outings together. I think, like you said, it's just like they got a chance to work together once again and have a good time and an easy paycheck. I personally think that it's not going to fare very well during the Christmas holiday season because that weekend is still, even with Alita Battle Angel being moved off that same date to 2019, It's been actually moved in the spot where the X-Men Dark Phoenix were and X-Men Dark Phoenix moved to June. And in its place, I believe is a PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2. So that 21st date is still very much stacked. I think Bumblebee's on it. I know we talked about it a lot on our fall movie preview, which you can still check out on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel. That date is still stacked with a lot of stuff going on, not to mention the Oscar contenders and all that. So I don't think it's going to fare very well if they hold that date. And I don't think it sends a good sign as well when the movie studio does not release the actual first trailer until virtually October. So that to me is also a bad sign that they don't have very much confidence in the film succeeding either during the Christmas time or the actual month of January right after. So it just does not send a good sign to me. And I think it's it kind of sends also a sign to fans that it just is not going to work out this time around for the guys known better for Step Brothers and Talladega Knights.
2: Right, yeah, I agree. And also the fact that no one really knew anything about this movie until the trailer came out. You know, there wasn't like nobody was reporting on it. We didn't see any posters. There weren't any big teases. It was just boom. Alright, here this is. Whether or not you knew this was happening, this is it. So I don't know if it's a bad job of marketing and like you said, they didn't have much faith in the film. But yeah, it just it looks like something that maybe sounded like a good idea on paper, but when executed, I don't think it's going to be that great. It looks like you're spot on Mr.
0: Holmes with your thoughts on Holmes and Watson. What are your thoughts out there on Holmes and Watson? Do you think it's elementary that the movie will be a hit when it comes out during the Christmas holiday season? Or do you think it will flop like other high profile films have during the course of 2018? Share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well Popculturecosmos, culture cosmos media and game source on facebook and twitter and instagram as well before we head on out want to thank everyone for listening again we truly appreciate everyone taking the time to do so josh i gotta end with this my friend it's it's all over the news it's all over pop culture i know you had a chance to actually check it out come on will you sing it with me my friend because it's been a big hit all over the world as far as hitting the charts all over. It has taken over pop culture, just all over the world, my friend. It is a big hit from the folks at Pinkfong, the adorable prince from Planet Staria. Yeah, I know, it's, this is dating us a little bit, but this isn't your average Wiggles thing, my friend. This is a huge thing that's come from Pinkfong. It is Baby Shark. If you've checked it out on YouTube, you have seen the fact that it's over 1.7 billion views. It has captured the attention of pop culture fans everywhere. As we close out the show, my friend, come on. Will you sing it with me? Will you sing it with me just once? Nah, I'm good. Go ahead though. Go ahead. Come on, just once. It's captured the world, man. 1.7 billion views and it's all over the world music charts.
2: I don't even remember the words to it it's very easy. it goes
0: well fine, I'll do it myself then okay baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark baby shark do baby shark do all right all right all right. baby shark do baby shark
2: mama shark and then daddy shark and then
0: grandpa shark. Grandma shark, cousin shark. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Second cousin to whoever shark. Yes, yes, I know. What about the left shark from the Super Bowl? But we won't go into that one. (laughs) Has the baby shark taken over your life as well? Share us your thoughts on PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Do, 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 baby shark. For Josh Peterson, who doesn't want to sing baby shark, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in Paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. do